Well, good morning, Hillcrest Christian Church. I am so happy to be back with you this morning. Um, I want to welcome you wherever you're watching right now, whether that's in your living room or uh, in your kitchen, maybe, or even if it's still you're in your pajamas and you're watching in your bed, like that's totally okay right now. I want to welcome you wherever you're watching. But I also want to welcome uh, those of you who are uh, watching who aren't members of Hillcrest, like my mom or my sister Heather, who I know is watching, and my friend Benz, who told me he was going to watch. So Benz, I want to say welcome to you. And of course, my wife, who better be watching right now, I want to welcome you as well. Uh, well, hey, if you have your Bible this morning, I want to encourage you to open it to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. If you're not familiar with the Bible, uh, Joshua is the sixth book of the Bible. It comes right after the book of Deuteronomy. So Joshua chapter 1, that's where we're going to be. You know, every year we experience uh, seasonal transitions. I mean, every year we, we transition from fall to winter, from winter to spring, spring to summer, and then summer back to fall again. We experience this every year, except if you live in the state of Alaska, you only have one season, and that's called cold. Um, but we all experience this, don't we? And some of you are actually excited because we're kind of in the process of transitioning from uh, spring to summer, and that's exciting to a lot of you because you love the summer. But some of you, that's not exciting. You hate the summer because you hate the heat and the fact that you have to figure out what you're going to do to occupy your kids for three months, which, by the way, you've kind of already gotten a head start uh, these last two months because of COVID-19. But nonetheless, uh, we all experience transition in life. We all collectively as a nation experience it together through climate change and the weather, but we all also experience a season of transitions in other areas of life, like the transitioning of a job or maybe the transitioning of a living situation or even in education we experience transition from one grade to another. Or maybe it's you getting your, you graduated and got your bachelor's degree, now you want to transition into getting your master's. Or we all, at some point or another, experience what we call singleness, and then we transition into relationship status, which we all know what that's like. Some of us, we transition from, well, there's that period of time where you live with your mom and dad, and then you go out into the big, bad world and live by yourself for the first time. And then there is, of course, the transitional period where you have worked for decades, your whole life, spent time, Monday through Friday, clocking in and out, years of hard work, and now you have entered into the phase where you have transitioned into retirement. But there's also transitions that have a much more difficult undertaking, like the transition from having a job to not having a job. Maybe you were let go or fired, especially in this season of life, where many people have experienced that transition. Or maybe it's the transitional period of divorce. You and your spouse have separated, and you have to walk through that difficult process. There's also the transitional period of what it's like to do life without a loved one. When we lose a loved one, we have to figure out how we're going to navigate through life and transition into that phase of life without that person. That is a difficult time and a difficult period in our lives. But the bottom line is we all experience transition together as a nation and even personally in our own lives. Transition is inevitable. And right at the outset of the story of Joshua is a season of transition for the nation of Israel. So we're going to start in Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. So the nation of Israel right now, as we open up into Joshua 1, has just undergone a major transition in their history. 
Moses is dead. If you don't know anything about Moses, all you need to know is that he was God's appointed and chosen prophet. He led God's people, Israel, into the wilderness for 40 years. Moses was the guy who had the privilege of meeting with God face to face. And it was Moses that God often told, I'm going to lead you and my people Israel into the promised land. But year after year, that never happened. But God was always faithful. He always remained faithful to his word. You know, the, the word for God used here in this book in Joshua is Lord in all capital letters, meaning Yahweh, which is a way to describe God as this all-powerful, incomplete control, sovereign over all things God, who at the very same time is a God who keeps his covenant relationship with his people. Well, maybe you need to hear that today. God is in control. I hope you know that. I hope you feel that. And I hope that you've experienced the sovereignty of God in your life. COVID-19 is not in control. America is not in control. God is seated right now on his throne, sovereign over all things, and is in complete control. And the beauty of his great name is that he is a covenant-keeping God who loves his people And God is faithful to keep his promises. Unfortunately for Moses, he didn't get to see this dream realized as the nation of Israel would transition into the promised land. But this is where we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 1. Moses is dead and now Joshua is the one commissioned and beckoned and called to be the new leader over the nation of Israel. And so we'll pick up here in verse 2. The Bible says this, Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to the Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Can you imagine the fear that Joshua had in this moment of his life? He has to follow in the footsteps of the prophet Moses. Like, who wants to do that? But Joshua is commissioned as the leader of Israel. And many scholars believe that at this time in the history of Israel, in the history of, of the nation of God's people, there were roughly two million men, women, and children that had been wandering in the desert for 40 years. Years. Imagine being beckoned and called and, and appointed as the leader of over two million people in the middle of nowhere. That's a huge undertaking. And as Joshua looks out into the promised land, standing on the brink of facing 31 kings and all of their armies, he had to be discouraged. He had to have been discouraged. What an impossible task that Joshua faced, or so it seemed. How would Israel possibly inherit the land that was before them with such great opposition? 31 kings, 31 armies. But look what God says to Joshua in verse 3. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. You won't just inherit some of the land, Joshua. You're going to inherit all of the land. And guess what? Nobody will stand in your way. Nobody will come against you. Joshua, do you remember when I was with Moses? Okay, well, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. And nothing and no one will stand in your way. And nothing and no one will come against you. What a promise that is 
Like, wouldn't you want that promise to be true in your life? Like in times of a pandemic, in times of uh, great uncertainty, when thousands and thousands of people all across the world are dying because of a virus, when we're being told that it's possible that this virus will actually come back in the near future, wouldn't it be good to know that the God of the universe was with us wherever we go? Some of you right now, you may have lost your job. Some of you have been struggling in your marriage because of this pandemic and this time spent in quarantine. Some people may be experiencing financial setbacks and hardships uh, with a lack of financial stability right now. Uh, there's this uncertainty of when can we go back to work? When will life get back to normal? But honestly, I think it's safe to say that normal no longer exists in our world. But rather, it's this reality of what we're calling a, a new normal and what we're preparing for this post-COVID-19 world. Wouldn't it be good for you to know that God, the same God who created the universe, the same God who the Bible says knitted you together in your mother's womb, who before the foundation of the world, before God spoke all things into existence, knew you by name, wouldn't it be good to know that this same God was with you? A God who can do the impossible, one who could part red seas and speak through burning bushes and even cause nations to fall through musical instruments. A God who is all-powerful, yet at the very same time, deeply, deeply loves his children. Well, God looks at Joshua and says, I will always be with you, no matter the circumstances, no matter your situation, no matter what great uncertainty that you face, no matter financial instability, no, no matter marital problems, I will always be with you. God is saying to you right now, wouldn't you want this for your life? especially in the midst of such great uncertainty? Wouldn't you want to know that God will take care of you? That He will provide for you? That, that He will always make a way for you when it seems like there is no way? This is Yahweh in this story. This is who God is throughout the Scriptures. God is unmovable force that never changes. Look, here's what we know. Seasons change. Transition happens Often, but God never changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, the Bible tells us. And His plans are good. And He is always working behind the scenes, plotting for your good. So God, He, he tells Joshua, just as I promised Moses, I'm promising you. This land will be yours. By the way, this is a promise that dates back all the way to a man named Abram. You may know him as or recognize him as Father Abraham. But God says to this man, Abram, I will make you into a great nation. You will inherit a land with a vast multitude of peoples. In fact, in verses 3, 4, and 5 here in Joshua 1, uh, the words that are spoken to Joshua are almost verbatim the same words that are spoken to Moses back in Deuteronomy chapter 11, which is, again, the book right before uh, Joshua. And these same promises basically date all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You will inherit a land that I will give you. This I promise. And here's what I want you to know today. Transitional moments in life are inevitable, but courage is a choice. Transitional moments in life are inevitable, but courage is a choice. We'll pick up in verse 6. God is speaking to Joshua, be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. 
Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. You know, when I first learned how to study the Bible, one of the the first things that they teach you is to uh, always look for repeated words and phrases. Like anytime you recognize a repeated word or a repeated phrase, the author or the writer of the book is really trying to communicate something. Well, if you have your Bible right now, I want to encourage you to underline or highlight or circle those words, be strong and courageous. It's not just said once, it's not just said twice, but three times God says, be strong and courageous to Joshua. God is giving Joshua, or exhorting rather, to Joshua, and really the implication to all of Israel, be strong and courageous. Like if anything is evident in this text right now, it's this. Joshua was afraid. Joshua was discouraged. Which honestly seems surprising, because if you look back at verse 1, it says that Joshua was Moses' aide. So what we know about Joshua is he was Moses' right-hand man. He was Moses' assistant all the way back from his youth. Like he had a front row seat to learn under the leadership of Moses. But that's not it. Joshua is actually Israel's military leader. He led them into victory in their first battle in the wilderness. So Joshua was a warrior who was well equipped and ready for the task of leader. Or so it seemed. I mean, his resume certainly uh, showed that he was the right man for the job. But the truth is, Uncertainty creates fear, even in the greatest of God's servants. Uncertainty creates fear in all of us. Clearly, not even military warriors are immune to fear. Perhaps Joshua was afraid of the unknown. But let's go back and take a closer look at verse 6. God is, again, speaking to Joshua, and he says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. You know, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, which is in the New Testament, that God cannot lie. It actually says that it is impossible for God to lie. So God says that this promise to inherit the land, I swore it to your forefathers, or I swore it to your ancestors. I promised it to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Everywhere the sole of your foot touches, I will give you. It's already been given to them. So in one sense, Israel is going to inherit the land. But in another sense, the land has already been given to them. It's a guaranteed, done deal. Despite uncertainty, despite fear, despite obstacles, despite opposition, despite ever being afraid or discouraged, you can guarantee this land will be yours. This is God's promise to the nation of Israel. No matter your situation right now, whether you're struggling to pay your rent or pay your mortgage, which I know a lot of people are right now, whether you've lost your insurance because you lost your job, whether your marriage is failing or whether you're losing grip on everything in life right now because everything has gone crazy because of this virus and because of COVID-19. Like you can guarantee that Yahweh, the God who keeps his covenant relationship with his people, will always be true to his promises. And the promise is this. He will always be with you. God will always be with you. God will make a way for you. He, he will provide. He will give you the strength and the courage you need to sustain you 
in this season and in the season to come, this post-COVID-19 world, whatever that will look like. like he will give you the, the courage and the strength that you need to endure through any season of life and in any situation. If you're depressed, God will help you overcome your depression. If you're feeling lonely, God will make a way for you to find people. If you are anxious and, and struggling with anxiety, God will make a way for you to not have to be anxious. Whatever your situation is, God will make a way for you because he is faithful to keep his promises. And I hope that you believe that today. So God exhorts Joshua to be strong and courageous. But then he goes on in verse 7 and he says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. So this law that God is referring to was, was given to God's people in the books leading up to the book of Joshua. It's called the Torah, or otherwise known as the law. And so the picture here is that Joshua is to obey the commands of God. But it's interesting. Israel's success was never based on their military genius or strategy or strength. Israel's success was always based on their obedience to God's word. So if Israel, think about this, if Israel, and this is what you would see in the, in the coming chapters in the book of Joshua, if Israel was obedient, they won. If they were disobedient, they lost. If they were obedient and they kept God's law and they didn't stray from God's word, all it took was a marching band, literally a bunch of men marching around the city, playing flutes and hitting drums, and the walls came down. But when they were disobedient, even their strongest men couldn't take down the smallest city. Courage does not come from following the ways of this world. Courage comes from following God and his word. And this is the picture that you and I get. If you continue to read through the book of Joshua, this is what you'll see. Courage is found by keeping closely connected with the word of God. So God continues here in Joshua in verse 8, and he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Get the picture here. A prosperous and successful life is not found in money and material possessions. A prosperous and successful life is found in obedience to the word of God. The Hebrew word for here, uh, for meditate, literally means to utter or to speak or, or to sigh or, or even to moan or groan or just imagine. Like it means to think and to meditate and even murmur the word of God. An example of this, a, a way to articulate this is found in Psalm 35 verse 28. It says, my tongue will speak of your righteousness and your praises all day long. In other words, uh, what God has said and what God has done is to be remembered and thought of in everyday life. Like meditation can be expressed and characterized as deep, reflective thought. And God asks Joshua and God's people, Israel, and honestly, you and me today, to meditate on his word, to meditate on the word of God day and night. Even in times of uncertainty, the way to live a prosperous and successful life is to be closely attached to God and his word, the Bible. And he asks this not just of Joshua and the Israelites, but he asks this of all of followers of Jesus. If you want to be prosperous in life, if you want to find success, and it may look different in everyone's lives, 
Stay closely connected with the Word of God. You know, I came across this article recently, and it was actually written several years ago, but it was about uh, JFK and, and Lyndon B. Johnson. And so the article, the title of this article was literally The Transition. And the, the writer of the article was basically talking about how after JFK was assassinated, obviously uh, LBJ would transition into the, being the president of the United States. And there were a lot of people who didn't like LBJ. He was a powerful man, and he was a, a, an intelligent man, but a lot of people didn't like him. <laughs> and so there's this huge uncertainty for the whole country in the United States. Their poster child, their golden boy, uh, JFK, was dead. He was assassinated in Dallas, Texas, and now LBJ would take the helm and be the president of the United States. A lot of people were frightened by this. Uh, but one cool thing I read was, Billy Graham, who was really close to all presidents throughout his life, it seemed like, um, but he was really close with LBJ. And Billy Graham said every time he would go visit him and begin to pray, LBJ would always fall on his knees and pray with Billy Graham. And if you notice, uh, LBJ quotes a lot of scripture in many of his speeches, and he always refers to the Bible. And I believe, it, based on what I've read, LBJ was a man of faith who believed in the sovereignty of God and the power of his word. The Bible, even in, in season of, of transition, whether it's a nation or your own personal life, God is saying, look, stay closely connected to my word. No matter what happens, stay closely connected to my word. So let me ask you a question. Is your life defined by someone who loves the scriptures? Do you know God's word? Do you love it? Do you meditate on it day and night like like God is commanding us to do. He's not saying we should do it. He's commanding us to do it. God is saying to you and me today, even in the midst of some of the most uncertain of times, even when life throws curveballs and it seems like we're being backed in a corner and we're so afraid to face the world now, God is saying, hide my word in your heart. Meditate on it day and night. Speak the words of God over your life. Whether you whisper them, whether you utter them, whether you, you speak them, let them flow off your tongue and out of your mouth. Let the words of God encourage your soul. Speak God's word. This is how you become successful in every season of life. And this is how you can face the giants in your life. And this is how you can have courage in the face of uncertainty. Life's transitional moments will always be inevitable. We will always experience transition. But courage is a choice. But courage is a choice. And God is speaking to you and to me today, saying courage is found in my word. I love what Hebrews 4, verse 12 and 13 says. It says, The word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Did you hear that? Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything that you're thinking about right now or enduring through, whether it's a lack of hope, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's even as bad as suicidal thoughts, God sees you. He knows your every thought. Let your soul be filled with the word of God. Let your life be filled not with the promises of this world and the promises of this life, which will all perish and pass away, but let your life be filled with the promises 
of God. Do you know this word? Do you meditate on it day and night? God would go on as he speaks to Joshua in verse 9 and say, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Look, a lot of people are afraid right now. And if you're afraid right now, know that there's hope for you. If you lack the strength needed to get you through this season of life or in the next season of life, whatever that's going to look like for any of us, call on the name of the Lord and let Him be your strength. If you're discouraged or in fear of what's to come in your life, what's next? Let God's Word breathe into your soul, breathe into your nostrils the breath of life. Jesus is life. Jesus is God's Son and life is found in the Son of God. Did you know, did you, this is crazy, did you know that the name of Joshua in Hebrew actually means uh, Yahweh's salvation or Yahweh saves or Yahweh delivers? So in, in Hebrew, the, the English name for Joshua is actually pronounced Yeshua. And the name Yeshua is actually where we get the name Jesus. So don't miss this. The picture here is Jesus saves. Jesus delivers. Look, just as God delivered his people from slavery in Egypt, Jesus is saving people from their sins and delivering them from being slaves to sin. Jesus died on a cross in our place for our sins. Jesus has conquered sin and conquered death, and he has conquered the grave. And Jesus made a way of salvation for all who believe. This is what the Bible teaches. Jesus makes available to all of us a guarantee a guarantee that whoever, whatever life throws at you or me, like he will always be with us and he will never leave us. And he tells us in Matthew 28 that he will be with us even until the end of the age. Do you live with that guarantee? Do you live with that guarantee? God is saying to you in his word this morning, wherever you go, I will be with you. My presence will go with you. Wherever you go, I will go. If you are in Christ, God is with you. His Holy Spirit dwells within you. And if God is with you, as the Apostle Paul says in Romans 8, then who could possibly stand against you? You know, I, I want to end uh, our morning together by sharing with you a story. Just a couple of nights ago, in the early hours of the morning, a friend, a friend of mine and a friend of my wife's and our neighbor, literally our apartment doors faced each other. Our friend Peggy, who was 66 years old, was brutally and fatally killed in a shooting two nights ago. Peggy was murdered. It's a difficult thing to say, but it's the truth. She lost her life because somebody broke into their apartment. We don't know what they were looking for, but she got killed in the process. Who would possibly want to kill a 66-year-old woman? She, at the time, Peggy was living with her two daughters and, and two of her grandkids. Peggy used to call me Pastor Nate or Minister Nate, or oftentimes she would just call me Reverend, which I thought was hilarious because I don't, nobody calls anybody Reverend these days, but Peggy was old school. And every time uh, I would be with my wife and we would run into Peggy, she would always say, there goes Minister Nate and his wife, his pretty wife. <laughs> Peggy was uh, just a ball of joy, you know, I don't know that Peggy and her family had a whole lot. They always had car issues. They always had a broken window in their car. I had to jump their car several times. It, it honestly seemed like life was sometimes hard for her and her family. 
But I'll never forget every single time for five months that I knew Peggy, every single time I encountered her, I always was just filled and consumed with joy. She always had a smile on her face, no matter what I was experiencing in life, no matter what anybody was experiencing in life. When you left an encounter with Peggy, you were filled with joy. Peggy was always happy. She always trusted that God was in control and that he would provide for her every need. You know, sometimes I lose sight of what it means to really rely on God in every situation. But I believe that I I have a little bit more of an understanding of what it looks like in someone's life to really and truly rely on God for their every need. That was Peggy. That's, That's what I got from being and spending time with Peggy. She was a great woman. She, she even went to Bible college. If you go to her Facebook page, she graduated from Bible college. Like Peggy loved Jesus, but she lost her life two nights ago. Untimely death, unexpected, came out of nowhere. And you know, it's devastating news hearing about her death. Who would do something like that? But at the same time, it's comforting knowing that she was a follower of Jesus. Like I know for certain right now in this moment that Peggy is with Jesus in eternity. She's in a better place than I am right now. She is in eternity with Christ. But as Peggy transitioned into eternity with Jesus, her family is now transitioning into a world, into a life without her. And I pray for God to give her family the comfort and the strength and the courage that they need to face tomorrow. But it got me thinking. Life is uncertain. We don't know how long we'll live in this world. We don't know how long we have. Some of us think we'll live 80, 90 years. Many of you think that once you get older in age, that's when you'll really start to pursue the things of God. But right now, when you're young, you're going to live for the things of this world and live the high life. But the truth is, we don't know when our time is up. You and I, we, we aren't guaranteed tomorrow. One of these days, we will die. And the truth is, you and I, We don't know when that's going to be. Nobody saw Peggy's death coming. It was untimely. But was she prepared? Was Peggy prepared for death? Yeah, Peggy was prepared for death because she knew the Lord. She knew God. She knew that God was with her every moment of her life. The question is, do you? Do you know that God is with you? Let me ask you this. If you have to spend even one second wondering If you are saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus, then I submit to you that you are not saved by God and His grace. If you have to spend even a moment questioning the fact that you have been saved from your sins, then I submit to you right now that you might not be. But I do want to tell you there's good news for you. You can know with absolute certainty, a guaranteed fact, that you will spend eternity with Jesus. Even you'll meet Peggy. See, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus was shed for all mankind. Whoever believes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. That is a guaranteed fact. And right now, this might be a moment for you where you need to have courage. You need to have the courage for the first time in your life to say, you know what? I don't know that I am saved, but I believe in the gospel. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he is God's son sent into the world to die in the place of sinners. I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day and that all who believe in him will be granted eternal life. Look, if you believe that this morning, I want to ask you to have the courage. Have the courage to say, look, I believe. I want to follow Jesus. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to ask you, if that is you, 
I want to ask you to either direct message me in Facebook or you can personally text me on my cell phone, 817-513-0350. I'd love to follow up with you. Look, life is short. We're not expected or guaranteed tomorrow. You don't know when your time on this earth is up. Do you believe that is the question? And the opportunity to be saved by the grace and mercy of God is open for you right now. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for two different people. The first set of people that I want to pray for is people who are believers, people who love Jesus, people who love the word of God, people who follow him. I want to pray for you that God would give you the strength and the courage that you need to continue to live in this COVID-19 season of life. But then the second set of people that I want to pray for is people who might be watching or listening to this, who might not be followers of Jesus. But right now you made a commitment. You made a decision to surrender your life to Jesus. I want to pray for you. And I want to pray that you would still have the courage to follow up with me. I want to pray for you that you would have the courage to make that decision to be baptized and to go all in for Jesus. I want you to spend eternity with me. I want you to meet Peggy because I promise you, you will be filled with joy. Will you pray with me? Father God, I, I thank you so much for this opportunity to to preach your word. I believe, God, with all my heart that your word is alive and active. I believe that, God, with all my heart that your word has the power to save even the most lost of people. I believe, God, right now that your word is speaking to someone right now who's watching this, who is in desperate need of your saving grace. And I believe, God, with all my heart that you have the power to save them because of what Jesus did on the cross and the blood that he shed for all of mankind. Whoever believes in him will be given new life, forgiven of all sin, and a place set for them in eternity. God, I want to pray for every person right now who is, a, who is a follower of Jesus, who needs strength right now, who needs courage, who needs, who needs help in this season of life. Father, I want to pray your blessing over them. I want to pray that you would be with them, God, every moment of every day, God, that you would help them in their times of trouble. Father, I want to pray for every person right now who's listening and watching who has made a decision to follow Jesus. God, I pray that the strength and the power of the gospel would be filled in their souls. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come and live inside them. And Father, I pray that they would have the courage to take a next step, to follow up with me, to talk about baptism, surrendering their lives to Jesus, God. I believe people there, are, God, that there are people right now who are listening who have surrendered their lives to Jesus. I just pray, Father, for you to give them the courage they need to reach out to me and take that next step. Father, I thank you for this opportunity and this time. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.